Okay, welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome, Quinette, Quinetta. That is a very long number that I can't read out. Welcome to NPL Legal Dish, everybody. Uh, this is my Monday through Thursday live broadcast where I teach uh, business and legal concepts using pop culture and celebrity news. Um, if you're wondering who I am, I'm Natalie Pierre-Lewis. I'm the host of the show, and I'm also the owner and operator of MPL Consulting, LLC, a business formation firm. Uh, what that means is I help people like yourself, creatives, people who want to have their own businesses. I help you get your business paperwork together. So if you need help with things like getting your business registered with the state, um, EIN numbers, DUNS numbers, contracts, hiring employees properly, basic brand protection strategies, um, just structuring the foundation of your business so it has a solid beginning so that as you grow, you know, you're, you're on, you're on solid ground. Um, that's all the stuff that I help you with. Why am I qualified to help you do that? I'm so happy y'all asked. I am a licensed attorney. I have been one for 14 years and counting. I've started multiple businesses for myself and others, both online and offline. I have had many careers in the realms of entrepreneurship, the law, education, hospitality, and administrative support. And most important, I'm very passionate about making business and legal education as accessible to everybody as possible. Not everybody has the time, the money, or the desire to go to business school or to law school, but a lot of you guys have these amazing business ideas. And if you're going to be successful in business, there are just some concepts that you need to know. There's no way around it, okay? Um, where's my title? Did I not? Okay. Uh, yes. So, uh, now that you know all that stuff about me, if you want to connect with me and see how we can work together to get your dream business, you know, on the right foot, uh, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to Linktree forward slash NPL consulting firm, Linktree forward slash NPL consulting firm, Linktree forward slash NPL consulting firm. There you're going to be able to book a free 15-minute consultation if you're a first-time client. You're also going to be able to download my free BizLaunch cheat sheet that will help you get your dream business started in seven days or less. You can also subscribe to my YouTube channel and podcast where I post the video and audio versions of this show uh, every time we broadcast so that if you can't, you know, be here for the whole live show, you can watch it later. Um, as well, if you go to link tree forward slash NPL consulting firm right now, there's a couple of extra things that I want you to pay attention to. One, my Dunn's number workshop replay. Uh, that is the item of the month. If you are planning to expand your business, if you want a federal government contract, if you want to get your stuff into big box stores, if you want to be able to apply for a line of credit for your business, you need a Dunn's number. Okay. Um, it is your business passport. It's going to get you into places that your EIN number won't. And it's very necessary if you plan on being um, on having longevity in business and expanding out here in these streets so go pick up the workshop replay it is $97 at linktree forward slash NPL consulting firm and the second thing I want to um, let you guys uh, remind you guys about is that I'm going to be speaking at movement con 2020 uh, so if you are a creative or entrepreneur in the DMV area and you want to be empowered and energized and have a panel of experts from all different facets of industry and entrepreneurship to pick their brain and get tips and get inspired. You want to come to movement con 2020. Uh, the link to get tickets is in my bio at Linktree forward slash NPL consulting firm. Okay. So that's enough about me. Now let's get on to the show. Again, as people are coming in on Facebook, hello, hello, hello. Thank you for coming on in. I want to remind you guys that there is about a 60 second delay between, hi Nessie time, between um, when uh, when you put a response in and when I see it, um, and also when I'm talking. So what I'm saying right now, you're probably going to hear it 60 seconds from now. But please still participate. I will read your answers as they come in, okay? Um, 
But yeah, so the way that the show works is I pull stories from the news, stories that you guys have suggested to me, stories that I see on media outlets, and I pull the ones that I think have lessons that we learn as that we can learn as business owners and we talk about them okay so this is a discussion i want to hear from you guys i want to see some comments i'm going to ask you guys to answer some questions so you got to be on point all right so that's enough about that i think it's time that we get started with our stories so if we are ready let me see a couple of readies in the comments let me see some readies let me, i'm trying to switch up the tone on my ready song let me see some readies let me see some readies. I want to see a couple of readies before we get started because I want to make sure that we're all on the same page, that everybody's paying attention. And to those of you on Facebook who might want to join in more real time, you can come join us over on Instagram at NPL Consulting Firm, okay? Um, all right. We don't want to leave the people in podcast land hanging too long. So we are just going to get started. I'm going to give you all the benefit of the doubt out there. Maybe some of y'all are driving and you can't, you know, type in. Hi, Uncle Unruly CEO Binks and BK by Lauren. Hello, hello, hello. All right. So the first story that we are talking about this evening, ladies and gentlemen, uh, it is a it is a to be continued from yesterday. So uh, last night, the last story that we talked about was uh, about you know my rap fave Drake, Champagne Poppy, Aubrey Graham. Um, <laughs> we were talking about Drake and his OVO brand and how they were suing another brand. So I'm going to give you guys, um, a quick, a quick recap, uh, again of what happened. So we all know that, uh, or if you're a fan of Drake, you know that he's, he's got this OVO line. Apparently they do footwear and clothing. There's, there's this Australian, um, brand called Bellroy in Australia. Um, and they make wallets, phone cases, luggage, and travel accessories, right? Uh, but they did a collaboration with a company in Los Angeles, California, and they started making footwear and clothing. The thing is, the logo for this Australian company is an owl, just like the logo for OVO is an owl. And OVO is saying, um, but um, OVO is saying that Bellroy has changed their owl logo to look, look more like the OVO logo, um, and to to com- to confuse people and make them think that they are buying an OVO product. So last night when I left off, I asked you guys to, um, to go check the stories. I wanted to give it a full 24 hours for you guys to check the two logos out and tell me what you thought. And most of you, uh, over 75% of you thought that the two logos were too close. I also did some research today on Bellroy, the company Bellroy and their old logo. And as far as I can see, I think that their logo, like, so the, the OVO owl, it stands up kind of straight and its feet are pointed in a certain way. And yesterday when we talked about it, the complaint in, in OVO's trademark infringement suit was that Bellroy uh, changed the posture of the bird, um, meaning how the bird um, sat or stood, the width, like how wide the bird was, the wings, because um, the Bellroy wings were kind of to um, to the back, and now they're more to, to uh, pointing towards the down, like the OVO bird. And they changed the direction of the feet. So OVO is saying they altered their logo so it looks more like OVO so that people will be confused. So I wanted to give you guys time to look at those logos and let me know if you thought they were too close. And most of you did think so. So we're going to have to wait and see what happens between um, Drake and, uh, or not necessarily Drake, but OVO and Bellroy, uh, and see what happens. Is this infringement case going to last? Are they going to settle? 
Because there are many things that can happen when you file for trademark infringement. You can go through the whole case and one side wins and one side loses, or you can settle. That's usually what happens, okay? So let's move on to another case. Um, This is also an update. Our first couple couple of cases are updates. So uh, how many of you guys were around when we talked about the Supreme Camouflage Jacket case? Uh, If you weren't, I'm going to give you a quick refresher. So there is a company called ASAT, and they um, they make outerwear. They make jackets and coats and things. And they had a very um, distinct, very particular camouflage pattern. Um, And not long after they came out with this jacket, Supreme came out with a very similar jacket. They were basically identical. And ASAT filed a copyright infringement suit against Supreme because they said that they copied their design. Now remember, in clothing, you can't trademark a piece of clothing, but you can copyright a design or you can have a trade dress but in for this um for all intents and purposes for this case we're talking about copywriting a design so if you make a unique pattern like the burberry pattern or the louis vuitton pattern or the gucci pattern those unique patterns you can copyright those and they are protected um so asat said that supreme was violating their copyright and supreme's argument was that well asat you didn't create this uh, pattern. Hi, Smith Legal Solution. Their argument was that you didn't create this pattern. You bought it from someone else. Um, so they were going back and forth, and apparently they have come to a settlement. Uh, both Supreme and ASAT have gone to the judge, and they said, hey, we've figured out this whole copyright infringement, you know, this pattern infringement for, for this jacket, and we don't want to go through with the case anymore, so we want to drop it. So my question to you as an audience is, what do you think happened behind closed doors behind um, with Supreme and ASAP? Do you think that Supreme paid ASAP any money? Do you think that Supreme maybe got a license to use that camouflage pattern? What do you think are some of the possibilities that might have happened? Let's discuss that because there's not there's not just one right answer as to what can happen. There can be many different outcomes. But um, these these two parties have settled, and usually when you settle, it's because you you guys have given some concessions to each other, and it's pe- everybody's getting a little bit of what they want. So what do we think? What can we imagine may have happened between Supreme and ASAP? What do you think? What do you think? No, not ASAP Rocky. The company is called ASAT, A-S-A-T. They make outerwear. I don't know. I think you were here when we talked about this case in C39. It was, I posted a picture in my stories. It was of a camouflage jacket. It was like, it kind of looked like biohazard symbols, but in camouflage colors. And it was supreme against this company, ASAT. ASAT had the copyright to this pattern, but Supreme was saying, but you didn't create it. You just bought it, Right. But now they've come to a settlement. I personally think that um, Supreme just paid them some money so they could stop complaining. I don't think you're going to be seeing Supreme coming out with these jackets anytime soon. All right? Okay. All right, before we move on to our next story, y'all are quiet tonight. What's going on? 
before we move on to our next story, I want to remind you guys that you are watching NPL Legal Dish. This is my Monday through Thursday live broadcast where I teach business and legal concepts using pop culture and celebrity news. You missed that? We talked about it twice sincere. You, I know you were here for, for one of them. Um, believe, oh, Believe with Bree has a comment about the jacket. Believe with Bree said, I think, um, ASAT was worried about the loss of sales and got the money they were hoping. Okay. All right. So you think they got some money and yeah, they were going to lose sales because Supreme is a very popular brand and Supreme makes their money off of being scarce. They do a drop and people buy it up immediately because they know it's not going to be there tomorrow. So if you're out here ASAT, you know, you're not that well known of a company and Supreme comes and jacks your design and then puts their name on it and jacks up the price that could really cut into your profit. So that is a very good um, observation, believe with Bree. Thank you for that. All right. So, um, yes, so back to our show, uh, you're watching NPL Legal Dish, this is where we learn business and legal concepts using pop culture and celebrity news, I'm Natalie Pierre-Lewis, host of the show and owner and operator of NPL Consulting LLC, a business formation firm. If you ever want to, uh, advertise your business on this show, I do have spots for that, they start at $9, uh, for 30 second spots, you give me the script, I will read it out. Or depending on which outlet um, you are watching me on, sometimes I can pop you in and you can do your own commercial. Uh, a few weeks ago, we had Busy Peach on here. She um, she did one of her advertisements for her crocheting business and her crochet journals. So if you want to be on here and talk, I get I get good views on Facebook, y'all. I get about between 900 and 1,200 views on Facebook for um, for my live broadcast. So if you want to advertise your business on the show, let me know. All right. Now, let's move on with our stories. Has anybody here ever shopped at Ace Hardware? Ace Hardware. If you've shopped at Ace Hardware, give me a tool emoji. Doesn't matter what the tool is. I just want to see some tool emojis. Um, Hammers, wrenches, whatever you got. When I lived in D.C. proper, I lived about two blocks from uh, a place that was, was called Annie's Hardware. Um, but it was kind of like an affiliate of Ace Hardware. But if you have, uh, if you have ever heard of Ace Hardware, give me a tool, some type of tool emoji. All right. Okay. Um, so if you don't know what Ace Hardware is, uh, it's thank you, Sincere39. Uh, if you don't know what Ace Hardware is, Ace Hardware, they are a hardware chain, a hardware store chain. Okay. Um, they've got locations all over the country. Uh, and recently they had purchased a business, um, that provided handyman services and they tried to trademark the phrase Ace Handyman Services. Okay. Um, yes. The problem is, uh, in San Antonio, there's a guy, thank you, Nessie Time. The problem is that in San Antonio, there's a guy named John Allen and he has, a business out there called Ace Handyman Services. And he has a trademark. So uh, John um, started opposing Ace Hardware's um, use of the phrase Ace Handyman Services. So much so that Ace Hardware was not, um, Ace Hardware is not listed on um, a website that, that lists, you know, handyman service companies because they have this trademark dispute. So Ace Hardware and John Allen, they're going at it. They're trying to, Ace Hardware is trying to say that, you know, they're not infringing on anything. John Allen tried to have, uh, try, tried to get, um, what do you call that? A declaration saying that Ace Hardware was infringing on his trademark, 
But the judge in this case has actually said that um, there can be some differentiation. She said that for, for right now, while we're litigating the case, Ace can market themselves as Ace Hardware Handyman Services as opposed to Ace Handyman Services. So my question to you guys as an audience is, do you think that's enough differentiation while they go through this case? If you saw Ace Hardware Handyman Services and Ace Handyman Services, would you think that they were affiliated with each other? Would you think that they were related? Hi, Nell Bell, IBCLC. So is there enough differentiation between Ace Hardware Handyman Services and Ace Handyman Services? Because until this case is resolved, this is how the two companies are going to be identified in the market. So do you think that that, that is enough differentiation? What do you think? Sincere39 thinks it's enough. Nessie Time thinks that, um, would think that they're related. Um, and... I'm actually on on your side, Nessie. Time for this one. I think that for me, and it's it's only because I have grown up hearing about Ace Hardware. So for me, when I see anything having to do with Ace and anything t- having to do with Fix It, I'm gonna think of Ace Hardware. I'm not thinking of John Allen in San Antonio and his handyman services business. So I think that he was very right to defend his trademark. You oh you would you think you would think that they were related? Okay, I'm sorry, that was my mistake. Um so I think that John Allen, he did his due diligence. Remember, when you have a trademark, if you feel like somebody is stepping on the toes of your trademark, if you have a legally registered one, it is your job to go after them and say, Hey, you're using my mark, because otherwise you risk losing the power of having that registered trademark. So John Allen, win or lose, at least he exercised his right. So he's not just taking it lying down, right? So um, who do you guys hope wins in this situation? Do you think that Ace Hardware should be able to use Ace Handyman Services? Or do you think that John Allen, this small business owner in San Antonio, should win this case? Who do you think should win? Because for me, if John Allen was out here first with the handyman um, services, he's he's got he's got he's got um, you know he's first in line. So Ace Hardware, you can't just come and like try and bogart his name. But that's my opinion. What do you guys think? Who do you want to win? Who do you want to win? Who do you want to win? <laughs> mm. Ooh, I want to finish this case so we can get to our last case because it is delicious. Okay, where y'all at tonight, guys? Okay, so I'll let y'all ponder that a little bit. We don't want to leave the people in podcast land waiting too long, and I actually really want to move on to this next case. Um, so as you can see, the title of this show is "Is there is uh, is there a badge for trademark enforcement?" Um, if you didn't know. Uh, when I was in fourth grade, I was a Girl Scout. I remember selling Girl Scout cookies and all that stuff. How many of y'all like Girl Scout cookies? If you like Girl Scout cookies, give me a cookie emoji. If you like Girl Scout cookies, give me a cookie emoji. emoji. I like their Samoas. Those are pretty much the only Girl Scout cookies I like. But if you like Girl Scout cookies, give me a cookie emoji, Okay. 
let me tell you why we're talking about um, Girl Scout cookies. So I remember a few weeks ago, I've actually seen this circulating around the internet. There was a picture of um, a a uh, a Girl Scout troop. Uh, thank you, King Tax Services. There was a, a picture of a Girl Scout troop, and there was a story behind it. That they had uh, they were in like Colorado, which has recreate legal legalized recreational cannabis. And they set up shop outside of a dispensary and were selling cookies, right? Because, um, you know, munchies, da 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 Well, um, also, uh, I remember that uh, there, there, is, um, there is a strain of cannabis that is literally called, uh, or was called Girl Scout cookies, and the Girl Scouts of America brought suit against the people advertising it as that because that goes against Girl Scouts of America's values, they, um, and they have a trademark on the phrase Girl, um, Girl Scout cookies. So uh, Girl Scouts and um, this and uh, this is a story of Girl Scouts and cannabis, and it's not the first time that they have crossed paths. So there is a company out in California. Their name is K- Canet, um, and it's spelled K as in Kitty A N E H, um, and they make edibles. Oh, you just bought some since they're thirty nine. Good for you. Um, Canna makes, um, edibles and by edibles, we mean, um, food that is infused with THC by however means, uh, however means you choose to infuse it. Okay. Um, and they, in their emails, so as you know, a lot of these companies, when you go to their websites, you can sign up for their newsletters or their emails and they'll send you, you know, a monthly newsletter, a weekly newsletter, well, Canada had a list of had their email list, and they would send out updates to their um, to their email list, right? And they compared their edible cookies, their cookies that were infused with THC, with Girl Scout cookies. So they had, you know, their their Samoas. They compared their their coconut covered chocolate whatevers to Samoas. You love their Thin Mints and their Lemon Drops? Okay. Yeah, and they compared the Lemon Drop cookies to some type of lemon cookie that they have for this cannabis edibles company. So, Girl Scouts of America... Now, they only did this in email. They did not do this in any print advertising, and they did not do this on any online advertising. So, the only way that you were getting these comparisons of these cannabis-infused cookies to Girl Scout cookies was if you had elected to be on their email list, right? Anyway, Girl Scouts of America gets word of this, uh, of these email updates that Canna is sending to their, um, to their clients, and Girl Scouts of America is claiming tarnishment, tarnishment of their brand, because they're saying, look, we understand that you're, you're, you're totally not saying that you're affiliated with the Girl Scouts because you're making the difference that these are not Girl Scout cookies, but you are still using the Girl Scout cookie name to sell your cannabis products. And again, that goes against our values. When you have a trademark, your trademark is what represents your company. There are certain values, there are certain, um, there are certain emotions, there are certain things that people identify with when they see your trademark, when they see your name. And you don't want anybody out there misusing your name and maybe for something that you do not agree with and how, however, tangentially. So the Girl Scouts of America is saying, excuse me, cannabis company people, unless you're buying our cookies, Keep our name out of your mouth. You should not have our name on your marketing materials to your email list. So, do you think that Girl Scout 
that the Girl Scouts of America is doing too much. Because again, this is not going out to um, media. This is not print. This is not online. This is to their email list for people who have elected to be on their email list. So do you think that this was a, a right move by the Girl Scouts of America to go after the Canna uh, Edibles Company? What do you guys think? Bum, bum, bum. But, uh, what y'all think about it? Because I, I totally understand why the Girl Scouts of America is upset. They are, they are very, uh, you know, about their morals and upstanding citizens. They don't want to be associated with the cannabis industry. Nessie Time thinks it was the right move. Um, I think it was the right move too. Uh, <laughs> Sincere39 said, yes, they're doing too much, and I may not buy their cookies anymore. But Sincere, they have to make sure that people are not out there misusing the Girl Scout cookie name, right? If you, like, it's not, granted, I'm not going to go to the Girl Scout cookies and be like, hey, can you give me the cannabis-infused cookies? But if you are using the Girl Scout cookies metrics to identify and help people make, you know, decisions about the products they're going to buy from your, from your company, you're using their reputation, you're using the likability factor of Girl Scout cookies to sell your edibles, right? So don't you think that Girl Scout cookies has the right to defend against that? That's a, that's what I think about it. Sincere is up in arms about his Girl Scout cookies. He is about to launch a protest against Girl Scouts of America, guys. <laughs> yes, um, but yeah, but those were the cases that I had for you guys today. <laughs> you guess so, okay. Those were the cases that I had for you guys today. Um, thank you to you guys who participated. I always enjoy talking to you. I'm glad we got to talk about some cookies. Um Oh, Nessie Time made a good um, a good observation. You have to think about Google Analytics and bots that pick up on AdWords and search engines. Also, yes, Nessie Time, thank you. Somebody needs to hire you for their uh, marketing team or whatever, their analytics team. But yes, because if, if people are out here Google searching Girl Scout cookies and all of a sudden you come across Canna Edibles, no, 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 Girl Scouts, Girl Scouts of America don't want that, all right? Anyway, yes, so that's what I'm going to leave y'all with. Um, we are going to be back tomorrow for Thursday's broadcast. Uh, make sure that you pick up the Dunn's um, Number Workshop replay if you have not already. Uh, pick up your tickets to MovementCon if you want to see me um, and the panel of experts uh, the weekend of April 3rd to the 5th. Go to the link in my bio, linktree forward slash NPL Consulting Firm for all of that. Uh, what else did I want to tell you guys? Um, oh, can any of y'all draw? Because I'm thinking about making t-shirts for the show, but your girl can't draw. So I'm I want to, I want to make this a community effort. So if you, if any of you have drawing skills and you want to collaborate on a t-shirt design with me, um, yeah, DM me. I'm, 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 I'm thinking of some things. All right. Um, but yeah, so that's what I'm going to leave you with. I will talk to you guys tomorrow night. Be good to yourselves and bye-bye. Bye, mom and dad.